Let's go and consider Abraham's faith. And we're going to move through a large number of slides quickly and try to finish on time, whatever that time is. Abraham's faith. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, And he believed in the Lord. Abraham did. And he, that is the Lord, counted it to him for righteousness. A very important salvation verse found in the Old Testament, used in the New Testament by Paul and James. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. This is what he believed. God told him to look up at the sky and count the stars because he was going to have seed that numerous. Abraham is the Bible's favorite example of salvation. Truly. Can you think of anyone else that's an example of salvation? Abraham is the number one example. Old Testament, New Testament, he's the, as we'll see. Think about Abraham in the New Testament. Seventy references to Abraham, just, just in the New Testament. The Jews adored him, excessively so. John rebutted them. Jesus rebutted those Jews as well for their overconfidence in Abraham. Paul in Galatians speaks about Abraham. Paul in Romans. Paul in Hebrews chapter 11. Abraham, even in the New Testament, is a major figure. Abraham is called the friend of God in the Bible. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 7. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? Abraham's the friend of God. Abraham is called the father of the faithful. Speaking of Abraham, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Abraham's the father of the faithful, whether you're Jew or Gentile, though they be not circumcised, we aren't religiously, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. He's the father of the faithful. What is another name for heaven? Abraham's bosom, right here, close to Abraham, because heaven is Abraham's country. He sought for a country, a heavenly country, and a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He did not care about that sand at the end of the Mediterranean Sea that so many make such a fuss over today. Even way back then in the Old Testament, Abraham had his eyes set on heaven. And it came to pass that the beggar died. This is Lazarus the beggar, who was laid at the rich man's gate. The beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and lifted up his eyes in hell. But Abraham's bosom is another name for heaven. A key event in Abraham's life is in Genesis 15:6, the reference that I've shared with you already, that verse. Here's the event. God brought Abraham forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. This doesn't mean talk to the stars. This is a word in our King James Bibles that means count the stars. And you can tell that by the word number here. Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, count the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. This is verse 5 of Genesis 15. And so Abraham looked toward the heavens and knew that he couldn't count all those stars, and he believed in the Lord. 
He, Abraham, believed in the Lord and the promise that was given to him, and he, that is the Lord, counted it to him, Abraham, for righteousness. God did some accounting. God counted that kind of faith in what appeared to be an impossible promise to be an evidence of righteousness. Very important verse. Very few understand how Abraham was saved. They're all confused and messed up. They think that he gets saved at this verse, which is ridiculous as I'm going to show you. This just showed the evidence that he was a righteous man and already justified by the faith that he had in a promise of God that appeared to be impossible. This was Paul's favorite verse about justification. This right here, Genesis 15, 6, is Paul's favorite verse about justification. Right there, that big word. Children, don't be intimidated by that word. Justification. If you want to cheat a little bit, there's a simple explanation that I don't like, but I'll let you use it if it'll help you remember what justification means. Just as if I'd never sinned. That is not a good definition, but I'll let you use it if that helps you. Justification, just as if I'd never sinned, meaning justification is when God pays for our sins. Justification is actually a whole lot better than just as if I'd never sinned. So you should say, just as if I'd never sinned, and just as if I had all of Jesus Christ's perfect righteousness on me. Because it's not just getting rid of your sins, it's getting the righteousness of Christ on us in the eyes of God. What is justification? It is a legal term. It's used in court. It's used by lawyers. It's a legal term to describe a person being declared righteous. They don't have any more sin. They're righteous. That's what justification is. Justification is how a person avoids hell and goes to heaven. That's what we need. Adoption is something far, adoption is better, and adoption is higher, but it's justification that gets us to heaven. Adoption doesn't get us to heaven. Adoption makes us God's sons and heirs with Jesus Christ. God, the judge of all, follow this with me and think about that legal term. God is a judge. God, the judge of all, declares a person righteous and without sin by Jesus Christ's life and death. God applies Jesus Christ's life and death to a person and declares them righteous and that they have no sin. That's what justification is. Can you understand this is the most crucial issue for you and me? Are we justified? Do we know we're justified? How can we know we're justified? I want to prove that I'm justified. This is a crucial issue for us. This was Paul's favorite verse for justification. And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord. And he, that is the Lord, counted it to Abraham for righteousness. He counted that special faith that Abraham had as evidence and proof that indeed Abraham was a righteous man and was justified. Here's, this is the point we're making right now, Paul's favorite verse. So let's look at Paul use. This is Genesis 15. This is way back in the first book of the Old Testament. But look at Paul use it in Romans chapter 4. For if Abraham were justified by works, Paul wrote, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. No one's going to glory before God, so therefore Abraham is not justified by works. For what saith the scripture? What does the Bible tell us about Abraham? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So there's Abraham quoting Genesis 15, 6, the first time. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, 
but of debt. If you work and earn your way to heaven, you're not getting it by grace. You're getting it by your efforts. And God owes it to you. It's a debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That's appealing to Genesis 15, 6 again. His faith is counted for righteousness. It's true of us, just like it was true of Abraham. Romans 4, 9. Cometh this blessedness of being justified before God? Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, that is the Jews, or upon the uncircumcision also? Yes. For us Gentiles also, for we say that faith was reckoned. Now, I didn't use the word counted. Genesis 15, 6 word is counted. Here it's reckoned. They mean the same thing. Faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. There's Paul appealing to it again in Romans chapter 4. And he received the sign, this is Abraham, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, because Genesis 15, 6 is before Genesis 17, because Genesis 17 is the first person in the world ever circumcised. And that was Abraham. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Now we've got the third word. Genesis 15, counted. Romans 4, reckoned. Now imputed means the same thing. That does not mean infused. It does not mean to make something so. It means to reckon or account or count something so. Romans 4, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, that faith was counted to Abraham for righteousness, that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness, that faith was imputed to Abraham for righteousness, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Abraham believed the promise that God would give him a son by Sarah, and his, descent, his seed would be as numerous as the stars of the heavens. But we believe on God that raised Jesus from the dead which Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. God declares you righteous when you believe on him about Jesus. When, how does he declare it? He put it in writing. Right. He put it in writing many times that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as God's son sent from heaven to be the savior of his people, that's the evidence that you are righteous and justified in his sight. God declares you righteous when you believe on him about Jesus. This was Paul's favorite verse for justification. I've only looked at Romans 4. Let's try Galatians 3. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted. Now we've got the fourth word. Count, reckon, impute, account. They all mean the same thing. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God counted, reckoned, imputed, and accounted Abraham to be a righteous man by virtue of the faith that he showed in believing the promise God made to him. What do these four words mean? Well, count in Genesis 15 equals reckon in Romans 4 equals impute in Romans 4 equals account in Galatians chapter 3. All four words mean exactly the same thing. Don't ever be confused by those words. What do they mean? To consider or regard a thing as being so-and-so. By faith, God counted, reckoned, imputed, accounted Abraham to be a righteous man. Abraham's the thing, 
and he was regarded being righteous by the virtue of his faith, because that was the evidence that he was righteous. I wish I could tell all of you in the depths of your mind how simple this point is and how that most theologians don't get it. They don't know when Abraham was justified. They think he was justified at Genesis 15, 6, but he was justified long before that. And what his believing in Genesis 15, 6 was just the evidence that he was already a righteous man. God regarded, because these four words up here, these four words mean to consider or to regard something as being such and such or being so and so. God regarded Abraham's faith as proof that Abraham was a righteous man. Can you prove that you're a righteous woman or a righteous man or a righteous child? Yes, you can. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then live a life that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. They do not mean to make a thing so-and-so. They mean to regard or consider a thing. Not, it does not mean to make it so-and-so, and it does not mean to infuse anything into a thing. That is not the word impute, reckon, account, or count. All you accountants should know. Okay, James does not count Genesis 15, 6 until Genesis 22. Now, James knows about Genesis 15, but James isn't fighting Jewish legalists like the Apostle Paul was, and so James does not give Genesis 15 very much credit until Genesis 22. Well, what happened in Genesis 22? What did Abraham do in Genesis 22? This is Genesis 15, 6. James doesn't give it much credit yet, and rightly so. He believed in the Lord. He, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, counted his faith to Abraham as evidence for his righteousness. That's what the verse means. But here's Genesis 22. And the, Abraham is on Mount Moriah with Isaac. Isaac is somewhere around 15, 16 years of age. He's bound. He's laying on an altar with the wood under him, and Abraham is raising a knife to slay his son because God has told him to offer Isaac as a burnt sacrifice. I find faith pretty strong on two points, Abraham and Isaac. I would have run, I would have run away. I hope you know how I mean that. But Abraham and Isaac were there. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn. This is what our salvation depends on, God's oath, God's promise, God's swearing, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this, this is Abraham, because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. Have we encountered these words before? Did those happen back there in Genesis 15? Go outside, look up at the sky, and count the stars? Well, here God is saying the same thing many years later, like about 40 years later. God is saying the same thing. Now I'm going to do these. I'm going to do these things for you. And as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. You have proven that you are my justified friend by obeying my voice and being willing to offer your son on an altar for me. And these are my promises that are 
guaranteed to you because I have sworn to you. James does not count Genesis 15, 6 until that that I just read to you in chapter 22 of Genesis. This is the event. Abraham leading Isaac up Mount Moriah with a load of wood. And you know, on the way there, Isaac said, Dad, where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide himself a lamb. Here's what James does in James chapter 2. Follow. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? The answer to that is, it's a question. Yes. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. He didn't actually do it, but he was willing to do it. And in God's sight, that was as good as doing it. Seest, he's asking these people. The 12 tribes of Israel that James is writing in James chapter 2, right here, James 2, seest thou how faith wrought, faith did something. Faith wrought with his works. And by works was faith made perfect. Faith without works is nothing. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works cannot and does not save anyone. That's what James teaches in James 2, 14 through 26. There needs to be a changed life that shows the grace of God in a person's life. Seest thou, he starts out with a question, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Yes. So you can see how that his faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Continuing. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Where's that? That's Genesis 15, 6. That's the, that's the verse that I'm sharing with you tonight. James is saying, it was fulfilled. We know that it was sincere. We know it was real 40 years later because of what Abraham did in chapter 22. And he was called the friend of God. Ye see then. Let me draw a conclusion for you, James tells us. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Faith only does not justify a man. Faith only is not evidence. Faith only is not proof. It is faith that works. It's faith that does something. This is beautiful. Thank you, Lord. The Apostle Paul limited his argument to faith because he was dealing with Jewish legalists And that's all he wanted to deal with was faith, to show them that it was by faith, not by works of Moses' law. James is dealing with people that live in America in 2017. James is dealing with easy believers who think they're going to heaven by some little decision they made. James isn't dealing with Jewish legalists. James is dealing with easy believism, and his response is, if you don't have works, if you're not living a godly life, your faith is meaningless. It's worthless, it's profitless, it's what the devils have. That's all in this passage right here, James 2, 14 through 26. Okay, when was Abraham saved? Many will say, Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. Really? You want to hang yourself on that? I mean, do you want to hang there on Genesis 15, 6? When was Abraham saved? Was Abraham justified... When he looked at the stars, believed, and God counted him righteous. That's Genesis 15, 6, Romans chapter 4, Galatians chapter 3. 
Or was Abraham justified when he offered Isaac on an altar as a sacrifice? James chapter 2. Or, let me give you a third option. Or was Abraham justified when Jesus lived a perfect life and died for Abraham on the cross of Calvary? And, if we pick this one, then the word justifies a little bit different in each case. What do we have in the Bible? Let's start at Romans chapter 3 in front of Romans chapter 4. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God did it by His grace and Jesus Christ died on the cross to justify Abraham and you and me. Who was delivered for our offenses? That's Jesus was delivered over to the Roman authority for crucifixion and was raised again for our justification. Jesus is the one that secured the righteousness of God for our righteousness and for our justification. Jesus did it. Romans 5, much more than being now justified by his blood, not by our faith, justified by his blood. The purchase price of redemption to pay for our sins and to blow them all away and to put the righteousness of Christ on us was secured by Jesus Christ alone, his blood, the work on Calvary. Romans 5.19, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. This is an important passage. This is called original sin. This is called federal headship. This is the doctrine of representation. It's Romans chapter 5. This one man that disobeyed and made us sinners, who is it? Adam. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam disobeyed in the Garden of Eden, and he made many sinners. Why are you going to die? Because of your sins? Before that, what are you, why are you going to die? Adam's sin. Why do babies die? Adam's sin. Why do babies miscarry and are aborted? Because of Adam's sin. That is why. The age of accountability is not taught in the Bible whatsoever. Why do babies die? If they're not accountable, why do they die? The wages of sin is death. Why do they die? Who sinned so that babies die? Who sinned so that little children die? Who sinned so that children not yet born die? Adam's sin. One man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So... By the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Oh, this is beautiful. So, in the same way, the obedience of one. And who is that one? The second Adam. And what is his name? The second Adam. Also called the last Adam. What is his name? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord and our Savior. By the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus Christ lived and died for Abraham and made him righteous and justified him just as if he had never sinned and just as if he had lived Jesus Christ's perfect life. The same is true for us if we believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God gives it as a gift through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So let's get back to it. When was Abraham saved? Paul makes it sound like it was by faith in Genesis 15, 6. That's because he's fighting Jewish legalists. But that was only when God counted his faith as evidence of his justification. That's not when he was justified. 
That's just when God counted his faith as evidence that he was a justified man. James makes it sound like it was by works in Genesis 22, 40 years later. But that was only when God counted his works as evidence of his justification. When was Abraham justified? Before the foundation of the world, when he was chosen the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was sent by covenant to come in the fullness of time to lay down his life for Abraham. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and paid the legal price to put away all the sins of Abraham. When Jesus rose from the dead, Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. When Abraham believed, he showed he was justified. When he obeyed, he showed he was justified. And at the great day of judgment, Jesus Christ will declare him righteous because Jesus Christ died for him. So we look at these different times at which Abraham was justified in different ways. Chosen in Christ. Jesus pays the legal price. Jesus finishes the the work of legal justification. Abraham believed to have the evidence of justification. Abraham obeyed for it. And there is yet a time coming in which God will declare him righteous to the whole universe. While everyone that is not justified is sent to hell, including the devil and his angels. That's when Abraham was justified. And that's when every other person is justified as well. When we believe... When we obey God, that is the evidence that these things are in place for us. Abraham was a saved man full of faith long before either event of Genesis 15 or Genesis 22. Are you with me? Abraham was a saved man full of faith long before either event. Those events are identified by Moses and written down in the book of Genesis for use by Paul and James later to teach The two events give us examples of evidence for justification. Those two events, Genesis 15 was believing, Genesis 22 was obeying and sacrificing something dear to us. They are examples of evidence for justification. That is not when he was justified. That's when God declared him, reckoned him, considered him, regarded him as being righteous and justified by what he did. Okay, here we go. Timeline of the life of Abraham. At the age of 72, Abraham obeyed God by faith and left Ur of the Chaldeans for Canaan. Long before Genesis 15, this is back in Genesis chapter 11, at the age of 72, faith, he was already obeying God. This is listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as a huge event that Abraham obeyed God and went, he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't care where he was going. God said, pack, go. He packed and went. At 72, at 75, God promised Abram all the blessings that he would repeat later. These are in the first three verses of Genesis chapter 12. At 75, at 75, Abram built altars and worshiped God at Bethel, the house of God, and elsewhere. The Bible tells us about, and he built an altar to the Lord, and he built an altar to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. At 75, we're still not to Genesis 15. At 77, we're still in Genesis 12. Abram returned rich from Egypt to worship God again at Bethel. He's a worshiper of God. He's full of faith. He's full of obedience. He loves to worship God. He delights in God. At 78, Abram gave the best land to Lot, but God promised him a seed because he gave the best land to Lot. That was at 78. At 78, Abram built another altar and worshiped God at a place called Mamre. It's in Genesis chapter 13. At 80... What happened at 80? 
Four kings from Mesopotamia came and took Lot and everything Lot had captive. So at 80, Abram took 318 trained servants to rescue Lot from four kings. Now that takes a lot of faith and that is a lot of obedience just to take household domestic servants and chase down four kings to get your nephew back. Abraham was a mighty man of faith and we're still not to Genesis 15. We're in Genesis 14 now. At 80, Melchizedek, the high priest of the Lord Jehovah God, blessed Abram. Do you think that Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God, would bless a reprobate? Would bless a man that's not saved? He blessed him. That man, Abram, paid tithes to Melchizedek, the priest of Jehovah, at the age of 80. This is Genesis chapter 14. I wish you knew what you were learning right now. Now, some of you have heard this before from me in different formats. I wish you understood the value of what you're hearing right now. We're, doing, we're covering all this ground about Abram's life before we get to Genesis 15 right. when he was, went outside and looked up at the stars. At 82, God declared he was Abram's shield and exceeding reward. This is before going outside. At 82, Abram believed God's promise of the huge family he would have, and this is the event of Genesis 15. Right there. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Well, why did he count anything before that? He did. This is just the one singled out that the Apostle Paul used. Lord, show it to every person. At 85, Abraham, weak in faith, this is three years later or so, listened to Sarah and took Hagar, his wife. Is he still justified? At 99, God changed his name to Abraham and required circumcision. This is Genesis chapter 17. At 99, weak in faith again, Abraham laughed at God for telling him that he was going to have a son by Sarah. Is he still okay on his way to heaven? A little weak in faith. Do we ever get weak in faith? But has God sworn? God has sworn that everyone that Jesus Christ died for will be saved with an everlasting salvation. At 100, Sarah gave birth to Isaac, the promised son, on schedule. At 116, Abraham obeyed God and tried to offer Isaac on an altar. This is Genesis 22. Who uses this event in the New Testament? James. There it is. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Faith is only good, is only valid, is only real, is only helpful, is only evidence when you've got works backing it up. We are learning in the Gospel of John that Jesus identified several groups of those that believed on him as not having eternal life because they did not continue in his word and they did not obey him. They did not have the character of Abraham and he said so in John chapter 8. Ye are of your father the devil. And those were people that believed on him. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. What is this called in Calvinistic circles? Faith only, or faith alone. Sola fide, sola fide, sola fide. Faith alone, faith alone. Faith alone is dead. Faith alone is worthless. Faith alone is what the devils have. Look at, look at what it says. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not... By faith only. At 137, Sarah died, 
and he took pains to bury her for the resurrection. He was a man full of faith and hope. He didn't own any property in Canaan, but he went and bought a family cemetery for, to bury Sarah. At 140, he married young Keturah because she gave him six sons because he was still very alive reproductively after God revived him at the age of 100. Forty years later, his supernatural spiritual Viagra was working very well. He married young Keturah, and Isaac married Rebekah same year. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. At 160, he had grandsons, the twins Jacob and Esau, by Rebekah. Isaac and Rebekah didn't have any children for 20 years until 160. At 175, Abraham died. And what does it say about him dying? He was gathered to his people. Death for a righteous man, death for a justified man, is a family reunion. Who was his family? Shem, Noah, Enoch. He was gathered to his people. Beautiful expression of the Bible. Family reunion. At 175, Abraham died and went to heaven. Isaac was 75 and Jacob was 15 when that event took place. When was Abraham saved? Paul makes it sound like it was faith in Genesis 15, 6. But that was only when God counted his faith as evidence of his justification. Abraham had done many things by faith before that event, and God had accepted him in his worship. James makes it sound like it was by works later in the book of Genesis, 40 years later, but that was only when God counted his works as evidence of his justification. Abraham had done many things by faith, good works before that event, and God had accepted him. When was Abraham justified? Right there. When he was elected in Christ before the foundation of the world, when Jesus died on the cross for him, when Jesus rose from the dead, when he believed to show that those things were in place for him, when he obeyed to show that he was a righteous man and in the great day of judgment. He'll, he'll be declared righteous just like we will be declared righteous in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Abraham was a saved man full of faith and works before Genesis 15, 6, or, and before Genesis 22 as well. A man full of faith and works. The two events give us examples of evidence, evidence for justification. Faith doesn't justify us because it just says faith is counted, right. reckoned, imputed, accounted for righteousness. Faith is the evidence of righteousness. Faith is the evidence of justification. Good works is the evidence of righteousness. Good works are the evidence of being justified. You see then how the way it works, a man is justified and not by faith only. We want both. Abraham had both. Faith that works. How are you justified? The very same way as Abraham. Amen. When are we justified? Like this. Like this. Chosen in Christ before the world began. Jesus Christ died for us on the cross. He rose from the dead. When we believe, we show the evidence of being justified persons. When we obey, we show that our faith is real and we're justified persons. And we will be declared righteous in the great day of judgment by the finished work of Christ. Faith and works justify us as the evidence that Jesus has justified us at the cross. God has declared in the Bible that faith in Christ and works prove it prove justification, prove righteousness. God's declared it in the Bible. He's put it in writing. He doesn't speak to us directly like he spoke to Abraham. He's put it in writing. 
Look at what it says in the Bible. Here's where he's put it in writing. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew, availeth anything nor uncircumcision. Those are the Gentiles. It doesn't mean anything. God doesn't care. When you get to heaven, circumcision or not circumcision, Jew or Gentile, isn't going to help you one bit. For in Jesus Christ, because that's what counts, neither circumcision avails nor uncircumcision. But how do we know we're in Christ? How can we lay hold of Jesus Christ? Faith which worketh by love. Faith which works. It does things. It changes your life to love the brethren. We do not like to love the brethren because we are selfish at heart, filled with malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, is what Paul said about himself in Titus chapter 3. Faith which worketh by love. That's what shows us to be in Christ Jesus. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, Paul writes the Philippian church, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul never told anyone that because they made a decision, everything is settled and final, and they can just relax and go to the retirement home and live any way they want to. This is what Paul said. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Show it. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God works it in us by regenerating us, and then we work it out by showing that changed nature inside of us by the grace of God. God does that work of putting it in us, then we work it out, and we should work it out with fear and trembling, because being justified or not being justified is incredibly important. Second Peter, here's what Peter would say, and beside this, giving all diligence. How important is it when an apostle would say, give this all diligence? Is it important? Very important. Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Faith alone is not enough. Faith alone is deceptive. The devils believe. Add to your faith. Add to it. Add to it. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. Eight things, seven, to be added to faith. Faith alone is worthless. It needs to have these things added to it. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. Look at Peter, trying to get our attention. Give diligence to this matter, to make your calling and election sure. How can you know you're one of God's elect? Eight things that I just gave you. Faith, virtue, knowledge, patience, temperance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. And if you do that, if you're diligent about those eight things, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the evidence of eternal life. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. We do righteousness to show that we are righteous. Just like Jesus Christ is righteous. And anyone that teaches anything else is trying to deceive you. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let's sing number 345 in the Burgundy Hymnal. It's how sweet to die. And let's have the faith of Abraham that he had for Sarah, that he had for himself in seeking for a heavenly country that he was going to go to when he died. 